بسم اللہ الرحمن الرحیم السلام علیکم و رحمۃ اللہ وبرکاتہ پیس اینڈ بلیسنگز آف اللہ بی اپون یو او ویلکم ٹو انادر ایڈیشن آف دی ڈرائیو ٹائم شو ہے آن دا وائس آف اسلام ریڈیو ٹوڈے از دی تھرٹی فرسٹ آف اکٹوبر ٹوینٹی ٹوینٹی تھری ایز فور منٹس پاس فور Uh, my dear friend and colleague, my co-representer, Saad, as well. Asalaamu Alaikum. How are you doing this, uh, this afternoon? Walaikum Asalaam. Alhamdulillah. So far, so good. good. But it's been a very long time. We haven't done a show together. It's been a hot minute. It's, it's been a hot minute. And I was looking at the date today. It's the 31st of October, 2023. It's the last day of, you know, of the month of October. This day will not come back again. And it's quite unique. And we will have some interesting topics also to discuss about that we will be discussing today. The first yeah. hour yes. we have, obviously, is about the global population, a cause for concern. Mm. And as mentioned before, that's why I reiterated the date, the 31st of October, yeah. is about Halloween. Is it spooky or shirk? Shirk means I'm, I'm worshipping someone instead of the one true God. Right, exactly, exactly. So that, that's something, those are the two topics that we are going to be, that we're going to be talking about. I mean, especially when it comes to Halloween, we'll come to that a little bit Obviously. later on as well, because that's something which, um, which we, a lot of youngsters, um, especially in the Western world, will be actually looking forward to. Uh, or maybe they have already celebrated it you know, on the weekend as well. Maybe they're celebrating it um, in the next couple of, you know, I mean, obviously uh, today and tomorrow as well. But It is something that you want to speak to. You want to say something? Yes, well? that's why we have <laughs> yeah. uh, on our social media sites today a question we are asking. Mm. Knowing the pagan elements of Halloween, you can answer. Exactly. It, is fi- it is fine to celebrate. I let my children celebrate or I let my kids celebrate. Mm. I avoid Halloween. So go yeah. to our Instagram page, which is at, at Voice of Islam UK and type or oh, just click away your answers. Yeah. So we'll know what you do. I mean, is we it do want, we want to hear from we want to hear from you guys as well. Isn't of course. It? So our beloved yeah. listeners who are listening on, on, on a daily basis to us or on a weekly basis to us also. So we want to know your answer. What do you do um, regarding the um, Halloween yeah. um, celebration? What happens with it? Absolutely. Absolutely. But uh, like, like, uh, like I've said, um, we're going to be talking about that a little bit later on as well. And we're going to be talking about uh, the global population crisis. Yes. Um, <clears throat> whether it's a crisis or not, we'll talk about that. Um, we're going to be talking about how, um, you know, the, the, the population is growing, the, the, the reason why it's growing. What can we do? What are the different things that the government is doing to sort of uh, maintain this or control this or what governments have done in the past, what states, countries have done in the past to control their uh, birth control as well. We know China, they've had, uh, they had a birth control rate as well. You can only have one child a couple one of child decades policy. ago. Yeah, yes. one child policy. And we'll talk a little bit more about that uh, throughout the course of the show as well. Now, just from the beginning, in, in recent years, the United Nations has discussed the growing issue of uh, of this particular crisis of the global population crisis and concerns which are related to this one as well now these concerns include exponential population growth rapidly declining birth rates and the crisis of an aging and weaker population overall we've seen in different countries such as uh, such as japan 
such as Japan, uh, and uh, you know they they have an increase of you know the the the, the people who are aged, right? Yes. And those those people, um, there's so many there's so many of those people, and the birth rate is uh, is not is not as much. Correct. Right. And so so when you have this imbalance in place, that is where you can sort of say that maybe there is a crisis happening. Because we're seeing that happening in 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 you know in in different countries, and it's 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 a state or the state that we're actually living in right now is that the global population um, with now at eight point one billion, we're bound to run into trouble with you know with resources and uh, things such as. Uh, you know, obviously, when there's so much population in one particular place, such as in African countries, uh, where the birth rate is so high, I believe Somalia or Sudan, one of these countries are, you know, in those countries, the birth rate is so high, and I think it's and I think it's about three, three or four children per, you know, you know, per couple, you know, you know per, as in, yeah, per couple, and in some countries, um, you have, you know, one point something as well. Or even at two point one. Two point one. Yeah, I mean, it's quite interesting, you know, Shaji. When you mentioned eight point one, the yeah. eight point eight point one billion, billion uh, yeah. population right now, but someone can argue also, you know, that's why I'm I'm also looking from a different angle right now. Yeah. So it might be a good thing we're eight point one. We have more brains now, um, in in, in this um on this face of earth, to work and try and make something better out of it, right? Yeah. It doesn't mean that's a problem of population, but how to we adapt to it now? Hmm. That's the question. So if, if in a city we have, for example, let's say 10 million people living, right? Hmm. How do we control the wastage there? How do hmm. we get them to live on a, on a, better, um, um, on a healthy lifestyle they have? If that all works out, then 8.1 billion people won't affect us in this day and age. If we have that worked out for them, but obviously there are different um, people who will argue, no, we have too much waste because of this now, and it needs to be controlled. Hmm. I mean, need, I mean, obviously, when when we're talking about the aging population, right? Yes. Obviously, if there's a population, if, if the population in a particular country or particular mm-hmm. state is, a lot of them are getting aged, right? A lot of them are getting old. Correct. But they're not the youngsters. They they're not producing as many uh, children as well. Right, Correct. then there is there is this there is this gap that's going to be there, right? Naturally, there's going to be a gap, and then some countries what they're doing is that they're relying on foreigners to actually come into their country, and then essentially, I mean, essentially, reproduce more children, and boom the sort of uh, the reproduction uh, state of uh, you know uh, of that particular country as well to boost the to boost it back up. So and some countries are actually doing that. But like you said, um, when there is when there is a, a a sort of I don't know if crisis is the real word or not, because obviously if we look from an Islamic perspective, right, we see and we know that Allah the Almighty is the provider. Correct. And there is one of, you know, he's got so many attributes. You can't even count his attributes, right? One of his attributes that we know of is Ar Razak, the provider. Now Allah the Almighty. You know, he he says that he he has provided um, us human beings with with all the resources. If we look everywhere, wherever we look, we we can find these resources, and most of the time these we we we're using these resources without us even asking for them, right? Correct. 
But the thing is, is that if the population does rise and, you know, other governments and other states, they say, oh, no, we have so much uh, population. We have so many people, you know, being born now. We have so many people. How, what are we going to do with all of these people? How, how, what are we going to do with this? What are we going to do with that? But the thing is, is that how are we going to provide for them? How are we going to feed them? The thing is, is that if everything is do- done in a just way, mm-hmm. if everything is does in if everything is done in a proper way, in an orderly fashion, if due justice has you know is given to the people, um, to the public, right, then there won't be a crisis. Absolutely, there absolutely would not be a crisis. We will have enough uh, enough uh, homes to put people in. We will have enough provisions to 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 feed the people as well. Maybe yeah, we will talk a little bit more about this. Let's carry this with our guest <laughs> which we have with us today, John Ibbotson, a very talented um, politician journalist with many years of experience. His work focuses oh. on Canadian and American politics. John has written a few books and many articles. With this short introduction, I would like to welcome him to the show. Assalamu alaikum. Peace be upon you, John. How are you today? I'm well, thank you. Thank you so much. So um, we wanted to ask, obviously, we are, uh, the, the topic of today's discussion is about the global population crisis. And in one of, in one of your books, um, The Empty Planet, you have discussed that it's likely we will see um, this century marked by population decline as opposed to population growth. So what trends did you observe um, um, globally that suggested that we should be concerned about this potential decline? What we are seeing globally is an acceleration of a process that began in the West in the 1800s. It took about 150 years uh, in which um, fertility rates went from very high uh, to replacement rate, which is 2.1 children per woman, Mm -hmm. which keeps the population stable, to below replacement rate. Um, Almost all Western countries are now below replacement rate in fertility. What's remarkable is that the developing world in a single generation has matched them. So that some of the largest countries in the world, including China, yes. Brazil, have uh, fertility rates that are below replacement rate. Others, including India, are at replacement rate and continuing to fall. So we are going to see um, not a great acceleration of population over the course of this century, population growth. Instead, we're going to start to see population decline across the planet, uh, something that has never happened before in, our, in human history. That's quite interesting. Um, obviously, one might say 8.1 billion population, uh, nearly 8.1 billion is a quite high number and it, we, it's difficult to control it. On, on the other side, you're mentioning them. We, we will see a decline now. So uh, as you have also written about how Canada is attempting um, to address the effects of a low fertility through um, Im- immigration, what um, while critics, uh, for example, argue that intense immigration contributes to housing shortages. So if you can kindly explain to us and our listeners what um, other unintended um, consequences can we um, ex- expect to see from policies that um, address fertility? Yes, you're absolutely right. Canada has one of the world's most aggressive immigration policies. Uh, we are bringing in 500,000 people uh, a year at this point uh, for a population of 40 million people. That is very high rated, a rate of over 1% of the population each year. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's producing good things. It is helping to meet labor shortages. Um, it is growing our economy. Uh, it is helping to offset the aging of Canadian society. 
but there are consequences as well. You mentioned the housing shortages um, being at the moment the most significant. Uh, we're going to have to find ways to address uh, those problems, but there is no solution for a society population is going into decline, would go into decline, except for immigration. You really have those choices, bring in immigrants or watch your population shrink and age. Okay, um, that's interesting, John. And one thing, obviously, um, as you mentioned, also that a heavy influence of um, well as immigration, which is coming through, which is um, can be good also. But I wanted to um, obviously the housing situation is quite interesting. Can we not just make more houses uh, before we um, bring them in? Well, you have to have a mix uh, in housing policy. There's no question that here in Canada mm-hmm. we have a lack of we have a, a lack of coordination. Municipal governments and provincial governments and federal governments struggle to have in place the policies needed to allow the rapid construction of new buildings. Um, and again, that's something we uh, have to wrestle with. But again, uh, it is, as I said, the inevitable consequence of urbanization mm-hmm. that um, you have women who become more empowered, who choose not to have children. And as a result of that, and this is happening all around the world from you know M- M- Moscow to Malaysia, um, it is an inevitable consequence that populations age and go to decline uh, otherwise. And you're seeing that happen. China, uh, which used to be the world's most populous country, yes. is now losing population every year. It is set to lose between 40 and 50 percent of its population over the course of the century. Uh, economically, that is catastrophic for any country. Uh, but it is the fate that most countries face unless they find ways to either reverse decrease fertility or compensate for immigration. Interesting. Thank you, um, um, John, for joining us today and explaining us about the population um, um, causes or the global population crisis, as my uh, my add into it. And thank you so much for joining us and explaining us such in such a beautiful way that we are able to take away. And our listeners hopefully have learned something new about what the crisis is and what we um, what we can do or what can be done to um, help this out. Thank you so much for joining. My pleasure. Thank you so much. So this was John, who was discussing with us about the population crisis which we are facing. And one thing, you know, Shajil, I'm inter- I, was, I was interested and I was astounded to find out when you mentioned about the decline in China, about 40 to 50 percent mm. in the next century, you will see a, quite a vast decline. Yeah. So a country which has over a billion population right now, you will see a sudden um, a decrease of that population. And what will happen then? The question arises. How can they cope with a sudden decrease of population? Obviously, mm. there'll be an increase of um, the um, elder generation instead of young generation coming up and mm. lifting all, all the heavy work for them. That's, yeah, a, that's a quite it, it, interesting... It's going to definitely affect the, the workforce as well, Correct. isn't it? So all of these factors will, <coughs> will definitely come into play uh, when it comes to, when it comes to the, the country as uh, being stable financially because right now they are one of the leaders. Correct. Uh, China is one of the leaders, and they are uh, booming because of the because of the, the workforce is so much. They can literally open a factory anywhere, and they will definitely get the work done. And this is what you know. This is what big big corporates uh, they do. They will open sweatshops. I mean, obviously, we're not we're not promoting sweatshops. We're not saying that's a good thing, but they are doing that. That is that is a tool that they use because they know that 
people are going to be willing. Uh, they might not be happy about it, mm-hmm. but they will go into the workshops and they will definitely go there to work because, because obviously, you know, when when there's so much uh, of a population increase, right, and uh, job opportunities are not as much. Mm-hmm. Obviously, if there's a job available, you're going to take that. Right. Now, sticking with the population overpopulation right now, obviously we have case studies mm. of China and India, for example, who have a quite large population, over a billion now. So this causes um, many, um, what's it called, problems also, major yeah. problems, if I might say. Yes. For, for example, resource distribution, that is quite a, a difficult task for them. For example, um, parents favoring um, for a boy instead of a girl, mm. which is unfortunate. This unfortunate, um, yeah. Because um, this is because of the educational, and there's there's a thinking also behind in, especially in our Asian um, side. We think okay, the son will take care mm. of of the family. Mm. So they in in that sense, it's it's a culture thing. It's nothing to do with Islam. Yeah, it's just a culture that, thing which has come creeping. That's in. the thing. That's what. That's why I said in the beginning as well that, you know, when it comes to when it comes to. Uh, when it comes to Islam, uh, when it comes to uh, when it comes to this population growth from, from an Islamic perspective, when you talk about it, if it is d- done with justice, right? Yes. Then there won't be any problems. Indeed. If we know that you know there are provisions available, and those provisions will be given to the people who are in need, the people you know, the public, the wider, uh, the wider public, all of the population will be given it. It. You know, there won't be any any crisis. There won't be any problems. Yes. Also, adding to that, also right now, there's, for example, for women in, mm. in in some countries, they don't have the facilities to help them or educate them yeah. or aid them. So the, hence, right. people or families prefer to have a boy who uh, who will have more um, employ, employment available for himself. Yeah, and that's the problem. You know, the problem of the the declining birth rate, um, as seen in some eastern. Asian countries, you know, as we talk, you spoke yes. about before as well in the beginning, such as you know Japan, South Korea, uh, and some European cu- countries as well, such as uh, Spain, Italy, uh, Malta, also being one of them as well. Now, birth rate has been um, steadily uh, declining in these countries due to the intense work culture, which has been observed as well. There, you know, people in Japan, and I've you know seen some interviews as well. Some people say that they work more than 15 hours a day. Wow. Imagine, let's imagine that. They work more than 15 hours a day. And also, it, they can't get a day off. The, the, if, they, if they're in sick, you know, um, mm-hmm. then, you know, the, 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 person, the, the person who is in charge, the CEO of that particular company or the, 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 the boss, right? They will say, oh, no, you, 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 were, you were sick this day or you, were, uh, you weren't uh, in this day. You were absent. You know, we're going to cut your wage for a little bit. And uh, they have these sort of problems as well there. And the whole year, they can only take 10 days off. But if someone is uh, is ill or, or someone literally needs a day off, but, you know, they've already done their 10 days or whatever days that they're allowed to, then, you know, they, they have to face these consequences. And imagine, imagine working uh, long, long hours, long, long shifts, more than 15 hours. Yes. And then problems like that. Uh, happening so that's not that's why you know a lot of people they don't even have time for for the family plus you it's, know it's sad it's, it is sad. it's a sad reality plus also also the younger generation you know Shajil are f- facing quite a f- few or quite a lot of 
bills now yeah. nowadays and that's crushing down on them also all those responsibilities because if you have an um, aging population the younger generation have to look out for them be it through um, the taxes they have to pay or the mm. bills they have to pay for them and all this is the burden is coming on these people and hence they are unable to afford for for themselves what they um, to have a family in the first place exactly exactly now um it's is something that we've uh, that we've observed as well because you know this low birth rate also means that the 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 ethnic groups of the uh, you know observed in those countries are especially dying out mm-hmm. and that's a sad reality as well um is because no one is having any more children and there is no generation following that you know that particular that particular um ethnic group for example right now in light of this we see that how th- th- this puts in fear uh, of the people uh, to the people mm-hmm. and obviously when there is this fear because you know there's no there's no new generation that's coming up that working population is not going to be there right and when we see that the working population population have uh, ha- has now begin to sort of sort of differ and alter the population demographic of nations as well like you should like you said earlier as well that if there is no you know, or less of the new generation coming up then the workforce is still going to be majority of them are still going to be the elder ones right mm-hmm. because if the new generation is less then obviously they will come into the workforce but the majority will still be the elders mm-hmm. and that will put the burden on the elders and that is something which is that's di- that's a difficult thing mm-hmm. to to actually comprehend because obviously if it comes to physical labor if it comes to um literally you know doing things uh, by by the hand lifting things putting things on shelves all of these hands-on sort of duties not office work office work is fine but hands-on duties if they are done by you know let's say 40 plus or 45 plus people right the the ages are more than 45 that's what I'm trying to say then how long are they going to be able to work for obviously not that long when they get to 50 55 unfortunately they're not going to be able to do as well as they can if as well as a 30 year old or a 20 year old right Indeed. so that's the popu- that's the you know the the workforce demographic as well and obviously if people are choosing and it's quite sad if people are choosing to have uh boys right obviously they don't have a choice but if they have a boy then they will let the boy live if they have a girl then you know god knows what you know what some people do right um and they try again and try again just to have a boy but if we see that then like 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 we're talking about the demographic is going to be or the new generation workforce is just going to be predominantly male so it it is a sad reality for some nations and this is uh, this is a this is a sort of a, a cr- in this way it is a crisis for those people right but obviously you see on the other side on the flip side um uh, african countries like we mentioned in the beginning there are so many countries which which they have a an alarming amount of uh, uh uh birth rate right yes infant mortality is quite high as well in those countries but their birth rate is also very high and uh, you see that the workforce is you know there's a lot of people that that can that can potentially work uh, over there as well interesting you know um, as sajil you've mentioned about 
the population growth and all the different demographics also yeah. swiftly moving on obviously towards our third type of population also mm. you know it, which has caused um which which are caused by natural disasters and if for example like tsunamis mm. and earthquakes and um are all well we, we are aware of and this is also causing yeah. quite a few um you know dis- uh, discrepancies in population especially um after war-torn countries where people are fleeing that very particular area and they're overpopulating a different area that's also a cause of population um cause at this moment so um regarding this um his holiness um has um has a mirza masur ahmed may allah be so helpful narrates that allah inform that the um the prophet messiah alayhi salam uh, peace be upon him in a series of dreams that uh, um, Allah the exalted informed the promised messiah through various dreams visions and revelations about the major calamities earthquakes that were to occur in the world five t- terrifying cat- 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 catastrophes have been especially mentioned among them mm-hmm. hence the promised messiah has stated uh, this god almighty will cause five t- terrifying earthquakes to appear one following the other at short intervals they will bear witness to the truth of my claim and each of them will display such um radiance that uh, the beholder will at once be reminded of god mm. such a terrifying effect will they have on people's hearts and so extra- extraordinary will be the power intensity and devastation that people beholding them will lose their very senses mm. and you know, um also uh, this shows you know uh, war also um um aggravates yeah. population problems such yeah. as those in um Iran Afghanistan where islamic extremists um have enacted savage and in 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 inhumane in laws mm. on a smaller minority such as women and children i mean they are they are extremists and uh, so called islamic as always well, and obviously they're not acting upon the the, the, the true the teachings, teachings of, Islam. of Islam as well isn't it um, indeed they you know misquote something and cherry pick some things here and there that's why they that's why they are extremists but like you said his holiness the the current head of the Ahmadiyya Ahmadiyya Muslim community uh, the the fifth caliph of the promised messiah Hazrat Mirza Masrur Ahmad may Allah be his helper he as you said he 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 has warned that indeed most people do not fully appreciate how precarious the world will be just a few months from now he said that if history teaches us anything it is that when governments selfishly prioritize their own national interests over and beyond the collective interests the mm-hmm. results are invariably catastrophic and that's what his holiness said and obviously in this day and age right we can see that the 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 war which has been fought in you, you know whether it's Ukraine and Russia whether it's Palestine and other states Israel or whatever the, a lot that is one of the ma- major reasons why a lot of innocent people are 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 dying as well and that is one of the one of the ways in which you know the the population does decrease it's quite the, sadly the the outcome of war which is always and which is very unfortunate also is that mm. innocent people die yeah that that's the main thing which comes out which is really unfortunate that innocent 
children, women, men die because of differences or whatever the reason behind the war is. Yeah. And they, the the outcome of that very war is that the young, um, that the innocent people suffer the most. Yeah. And especially the people who are already, for example, the working class, especially they suffer even more because they it was the bread and butter going to work, coming back, looking after the family, and then the next day again, going mm. back to work, coming yeah. home and looking after the family. And But suddenly exactly. when there's a war happening in that very country, that all falls apart for them. And then what happens to them? That's the question. That's that. What's the outcome out of, yeah. out of that? There's a decline, obviously, that population. People are trying to save themselves and go to different areas, as mentioned before, and then they populate that area. Mm. And that actual area or that actual land gets barren and no one is living there. Yeah. And where, where we once where there was a functioning society. Exactly. We've seen that. I mean, history does repeat itself. And we've seen that in the, in the, in the previous world wars, World War One, World War Two, where millions upon millions of people, um, you know, died uh, from, from those wars. But what's the, you know, what's, what, has the world taken heed from that? What about what happened in, in Japan, in Hiroshima, Hiroshima Nagasaki? The, the, the bombs that were, you know, that were dropped over there, <coughs> after that, you know, no, like, just like you said, the, the whole place became barren. And the people that were surrounding those particular cities, they had to migrate to, you know, to, to elsewhere. And you can still see the effects of that to this day. Indeed. And a perfectly functioning society. Perfectly functioning society. Has just vanished from that area. Wiped out, literally. And that is the same thing that we have been seeing uh, throughout, you know, throughout the, the previous decades in the Middle East. We've seen what happened to Libya. We've seen what happened to Syria. Uh, very, I mean, uh, uh, various different countries as well. Right now, we're seeing it also happen in in uh, in you know in in Palestine, mm-hmm. and it, and it is a sad reality. It is a sad reality, mm-hmm. and this is you know what, like like we talked about the popul. This does definitely have an effect on your population, and the people who you know who survive the aftermath, they come out, they seek refuge in different places they migrate to different countries they go to different countries they seek they they, they seek asylum and then they, they they you know they they get that and then they are able to live in a different country then the population of other countries they start to increase and this is you know this is what we're talking about in this show you know about this show anyway Indeed. that there is a population crisis in this way because those people who are forced to come out of their country and go somewhere else. Obviously, obviously, if that's happening in the hundreds and thousands, then the whatever country that they're going to, their uh, population is definitely going to increase. Indeed. Obviously, that has its uh, own aspects. That has its positives. It can have its negatives as well. You know, sticking to that point about this migration to a different country, and having its pros and cons. As mentioned, a few our listeners would know them also. Is for example, the pro out of that is you have more workforce. For example, yeah. right, more people yeah. are coming in. You have more hands-on jobs available for them. But the second uh, is the housing. Where will you um, give them housing from? Hmm. Suddenly, let's say you have suddenly eight 
population of 500,000 500, coming in, where would you yeah. put, put them or where would you put them uh, where they can live uh, safely and securely, hmm. where, where they have a roof over their heads, where they have warm water, heating, where will that come from? The question hmm. always arises from that, how can we provide housing even more? Yeah. And then and suddenly we also see an increase for um, of the prices. Yeah. That's also an outcome of a mass a, a, a population going in or out. I mean, obviously, th- there are different things which we, uh, you know, what we can talk about as well, and how can how can we address those things Indeed. in a different way as well? But obviously, we you know we we will we'll come to we'll come to that, and uh, we'll talk about we'll talk about this a little bit later on as well because it is something that we need to uh, we need to address. We need to definitely need to address it. Now uh, we'll speak to our next guest who's on the line with us, Professor David Coleman who's an uh, emeritus uh, um, professor of, of uh, demography at the University of Oxford. Peace be upon you, and uh, good mo- good afternoon. Welcome to the show. Good afternoon. Thank you. Thank you so much for, for joining us. Now, c- considering the ongoing global trends in population decline, uh, especially in, in, in different countries as well, um, what, what what's your view, and uh, what is the most significant drivers and implications of this phenomenon? Um, The first thing is it's important to realize that it's not yet a a, a worldwide phenomenon. Mm, World population is still growing and we expect to have um, perhaps uh, three billion or more people um, uh, in in the world before population growth uh, ceases towards the end of the century or a bit earlier. Um, but the, the important thing is that it, it, it is in uh, um, a few countries, a few regions, notably tropical Africa uh, and also some countries in, in, in Asia um, where growth is still happening. Yeah. Um, and in m- much of the rest of the world, especially the developed world, all of Europe, um, United, uh, nearly the United States um, quite soon, um, uh, Russia uh, and the countries of the Far East. Um, the population uh, growth there is, is has either ceased or has gone into reverse, uh, and is there the worry is greatest. Mm. Um, it's no, no surprise, it seems to me, that the birth rates should decline to a, a roundabout an average of two children per couple um, as populations become uh, educated uh, and uh, as um, material circumstances Im- improve, um, there's no need to have large families, if ever there was one, uh, and large families indeed become unsustainable um, if you want the, the children to be educated and to live uh, a life of, of, of material comfort and avoid deprivation. Um, the question arises, why should birth rates go so low in some countries, below equivalent to, to two children per, per woman, down to 0.75 in the case of, of South Korea? And uh, the reasons there, I think, are, are primarily uh, cultural, uh, but also include an important element from the past. Mm-hmm. Interesting, interesting. Just on a little bit more about uh, education as well, because in your research, you've um, uh, spoken about this as well. What are some unexpected or lesser known impacts of uh, population decline that society should be more aware of? Um, Yes, we we haven't. We've only experienced population decline for a relatively short time in those countries where population is is going down in Eastern Europe 
uh, in Japan and so on. Yeah. Uh, in the long run, uh, I would expect that that um, um, it might have a, reverse, a reversing effect in insofar as if population goes down uh, quite substantially, uh, then some of the reasons why, why birth rates have fallen so much to do with shortage of housing, uh, overcrowding, shortage of resources um, will go away. And instead, th- th- there will be a shortage of people, not a shortage of resources. Uh, and it will become easier, perhaps, in the long run uh, for, for, for couples to have children. It's certainly the case that in areas of lower population density in the developed world, uh, that uh, birth rates tend to be higher than in crowded cities, for, I think, rather uh, obvious reasons. Uh, another uh, interesting possibility is that uh, uh, groups in the population which are at the present time um, relatively small minorities, uh, but which have high birth rates, um, uh, uh, some uh, Muslim groups in Western Europe, for example, uh, um, some Christian groups also in Western Europe, um, um, the Haredim, the, the Orthodox Jews in Israel, all have uh, 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 higher birth rates than the average in, in their country. Uh, and if that cultural practice persists, then uh, as population declines, they will become an importantly increasing uh, proportion of the population, which also might have the effect of, of, of checking or even reversing the process of population decline. Interesting, interesting. Mm. So, John Professor, what obviously in the 21st century we have technology available to us, and with the advancement um, of te- technology, what um, what role will it play in effects of the population decline, especially in terms of healthcare, productivity, and an aging population? Um, it is expected and hoped. Uh, that that, uh, technical developments, particularly in artificial intelligence allied to automation in the form of various kinds of robotics, um, Mm -hmm. will pay an increasing, indeed vital, uh, part uh, in uh, replacing, as it were, um, the, the, the missing workforce. This is uh, the, uh, those processes of artificial intelligence and robotics are already uh, relied upon increasingly in countries like Korea uh, and in Japan, where population decline is already happening and where the problem is acute. That's quite that's quite actually true. That technology advancement is covering for the workforce which we have we are losing over the time. So, um, Professor. Are there any successful hist- historical or contemporary case studies where policies effective, um, effectively reversed or managed population decline? And what lessons can we learn from these examples? Um, I, I think it's too early to find yes. any of those because population decline in the modern world um, is so, so relatively recent. Um, it is possible to find policies which which um, um, assist people, couples to have to have more children or have the children that they say they want, mm-hmm. and, and that, of course, uh, will will um, uh, would, would eventually, if it was effective, reverse population decline because the reason, the basic reason behind population decline is, of course, um, uh, very low fertility, allied uh, in some cases by um, uh, substantial emigration. Uh, and it is policies which which re- reinforce the the, equ- the equality of the sexes, um, which which bring women um, uh, uh, into equality with men, give them the same level of education, and perhaps rather surprisingly, um, are associated with in, in, once the population becomes better off um, with higher birth rate rather than a lower birth rate. Countries in the developed world which have uh, reasonably equal. Uh, arrangements between men and women, uh, 
um, where education is very high, where where the income is, is high, uh, increasingly it tends to be those which have the higher birth rates, not the lower birth rates, uh, uh, whereas the latter used to be the case uh, in the recent past. Thank you so much, Professor. And thank you so much for such a great pleasure being able to speak to you and having a more in-depth understanding about the population crisis, um, if, if I may say, and what's been happening and how we can um, tackle it also. Thank you so much, Professor, for joining us today and enlightening us with your wisdom. Thank you very much. It's been a great pleasure for me. Thank you so much for Goodbye. joining us. Peace be upon you. And this was Professor... Um, um, David Coleman, who, who who is a, a professor of demography at the University of Oxford, it's always um, great to be able to speak with such um, intellect people mm. that who have a vast or a better grip on these um, topics and being able to share that with our listeners and being to let them know, uh, tell them about the edu- education of these topics um, which we are discussing today. Um, for example, today's topic is, you know, global population crisis, and being able to share that with the world uh, on, today, on today's um, on today's platform of Voice of Islam. And one thing um, I want to add here is a Professor's yes. thing, which he picked up very nicely, was. Mm about the AI systems replacing the loss of workforces. I thought you might say that. Yes. <laughs> and I, I, and I it's was interesting. It was interesting quite interesting. It's interesting what you said, yeah. And as, as we see, as we, uh, for example, in Japan, you yeah, have, yeah. let's say, let's, for example, sushi, right? Mm. You have all those automated trays which are just uh, ro- yeah. rolling up and down. The conveyor, conveyor belt. belt. <laughs> yeah. And then you just pick it up, you eat, and you put it back again. It mm. gets clearly rinsed and comes back again with another dish on it. Yeah. It's quite it's quite unique and quite astounding. Even though this is, it's, it's been happening in front of our eyes, I never thought about it in that way. Yeah. That the loss of work workforce has been or is or is being replaced by AI systems. You know something else which which is quite popular in in Japan as well, um, but I think it can maybe only work in those sort of countries. It's, they they have such uh, convenience stores. Where, um, where you, where there's no one working there. Correct. There's literally no one working. You go inside, and uh, there's there's aisles and aisles of whatever, right? Mm-hmm. Let's just say they have, you know, they have they've got fridges full of drinks. They've got aisles full of full of food, uh, tin food, sandwiches, uh, chocolate, all you know, whatever you find in a convenience store, right? So you can go in there, get out what you want, and then uh, pay for. Uh, whatever you, whatever you've purchased, um, and then you can you can leave. That's yes. It. It, it, uh, but the, 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 the reason why I said that in the beginning is that the, because those people in Japan they you know they, they're quite friendly people. There's nice people as well, and they are very honest people. <laughs> this won't work. This won't work in a in a. It won't work in London. It will definitely not work in London mm-hmm. because there will be so many people who will just steal it. One hundred percent, and uh, that's why uh, in countries such as Japan, where they have this uh, age, aging population crisis, and mm-hmm. because the because of new gener because of the the couples, they're not having they're not having that much children, right? Mm-hmm. That many children, and because of the that's definitely ha- affecting their workforce, and they're relying, like I mentioned in the beginning, they they're relying on foreigners to come in and to increase their population, right? But that is what how they are sort of. Uh, getting the ball running when it comes to how are we going to uh, who's going to work there who's going to work there who's going to work in these different places 
they've introduced all of these things, these new technology, um, so that they can, so that they don't have to rely on other people coming in to, you know, for, for employment and, you know, you know, what we're talking about, filling in the gap for the, for the, for for the, the population, of, for the loss of the population. Yeah. It's quite interesting. Exactly. You know, that's quite interesting. That's why when, when Professor pointed it out, I was like, <laughs> wow, it is actually true yeah. that AI systems or AI workforce has taken over on different um, spectrum of works, mm. be it, for example, the convenience you have yeah. mentioned, yeah. or be it restaurants, or be it in the automotive industry, on and other industries throughout the world that AI system um, AI is taking over yeah. and trying to even for example um, I'm just mentioning these these like you can just type uh, you have a th- you have thought of your idea let's say I want to bake such and such a cake and AI system will work out okay this is the cake this is how much you need this is you don't have to search for it mm. just think about something and just type in I want carrot cake and mm. we'll just give you a good recipe or a unique recipe which you can also share with with the world hmm. and say okay this is a new recipe which the AI has worked out for me interesting interesting and obviously um, different countries they they have adopted different ways to to you know to to um, to fill in the gap as essentially what we're talking about as well when it comes to population crisis yes. when it comes to helping other people as well because when it comes to the when a population has so many elders in that a lot of them would be uh, retired mm-hmm. so what do you do with the retired with the retired people right? mm-hmm. obviously if they can't work if they're unable to work if they cannot work uh, you know sometimes they can come back to work for a few years and then join the workforce but obviously if they can't if they're too old if they have some sort of illnesses or diseases whatever then they can't then obviously it's understandable. It's understandable. What yes. do you, what do you do with them? Then obviously it's the it's the you know primarily obviously it's the family's responsibility to take care of their of their elders in their family, but obviously it's the state's responsibility also to try and help those people, you know, aid those people if they've got any problems, if they need to be hospitalized, if they need medication, if they need whatever. It could be so many things. It could be transport. They need to get from A to B. How did they do that? Mm-hmm. Give them free transport. And, you know, TFL does that as well. But it's something which uh, other nations across the globe, they, they have their own unique way of, of dealing with this problem. Correct. Pro- yes, you just mentioned TFL will come to UK. And, you know, we <laughs> have uh, just talking about the crisis, which mm. UK has also faced uh, after getting quite a few refugees. in. for example, recently, uh, because of the Ukraine crisis, which I have the war, which is happening there, yeah. 174,000 people have migrated into UK. That's also a challenge for our country, how to deal with them or how to able to afford housing for them. Hey, that's another question which arises there. So, you know, uh, ultimately, it is crucial to understand the population decline caused by war and is never isolated um, in its um, impact. Um, be it war, for example, and no matter where, it doesn't matter which country the war is happening, while always um, affect other nations regard- regardless of their lack of involvement. Hmm. And uh, His Holiness, as Ms. Masroor Ahmed, may Allah be his helper, emphasises um, this at the UK Parliament that in view of the direction in which things are moving today, hmm. the political and economic dynamics of the countries of the world may lead to world war. Hmm. 
Therefore, it is the duty of the superpowers to sit down and find a solution to save humanity from the brink of disaster. His Holiness um, has been speaking about this for a very long time that we should pay heed and try to recognize these things which are happening throughout the world. And exactly. Pick up and uh, the powers, uh, superpowers, they need to um, stop um, this war from exactly. breaking out. The thing is, is that, you know, experts say, uh, we heard on the show today as well, but I yes. guess that, you know, China will have 40% or 50% decline, in decline in the, you know, throughout the end of the century, right? And that could be the same case or similar case for other countries. Correct. Um, but if there is another world war, God forbid, obviously, we're trying to prevent that as much as possible. Indeed. And hopefully it does not happen. But if it does happen and there is nuclear war, nuclear weapons which are used, nuclear bombs which are dropped on different places, then obviously it's going to be the same thing which happened in, in, the, in the previous world wars. Yes. Right? A lot of the, you know, cities, towns, cities, maybe even countries i mean obviously god forbid but a vast majority of the population would, would would decrease and it's not just that you know the the population will get wiped out mm-hmm. it's that the whole land right that whole place where the bombs will be dropped or where the the war zones that would be that would become barren mm-hmm. who's going to live there and it's going to take years upon years decades for uh, a country or a city, right, which has been completely demolished, wiped out, everything crushed, rubble on the floor, everything, for it to grow back again. And yeah. who's going to do that? That's, right. that's, that's a sad reality. That's a sad, it's a sad, sad reality. And right hope, that is one of the reasons why we are trying to prevent this from happening, from this crisis, from escalating. Yeah, because the world is our home, right? Actually. There's no other place where we can live. There's no, no, there's no O2 or anywhere outside this mm. world. Or this earth mm. in this call, life, in this life where we call <laughs> yeah. home, right? Yes. At this very moment, yeah. And we are ready to bring our home down. At this exactly. very moment, exactly. it's, it's a sad. It's, it's a greed which we, which the human being has in in himself, and you know, and especially for example, food insecurities lead to more death also. Mm. And yeah. we should take lessons from our beloved master, the Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him. Absolutely. As His Holiness has a Mirza Masur Ahmed, may Allah be salpah, has stated that the founder of Islam, the Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him, um, tackled the financial crisis and addressed a shortage of food once there was a famine. Hmm. And he ordered um, each person to bring forth whatever was in their homes right. and they d- duly obliged with it. Then all the food was distributed equally um, amongst the entire population so that no one should be left hungry. Mm. Now, this was the mercy which the Holy Prophet peace very, and blessing very of Allah be upon yeah. him um, showed to the people and because there was a famine he asked all the people to bring food whatever they are be it more or be it less and then that was um, distributed equally, equally yeah. so stop uh, stopping people from dying. Yeah. And that that's what we need in this day and age right now also that yeah. we need to stop um this um, killing which is unfortunately which is happening we, uh, we, I'm not saying what's right what's wrong but I'm saying we shouldn't be killing anyone no innocent person should suffer hmm. why do we um, get um, children women men um, who are innocent be wherever get killed 
for whatever reason there there is behind for whatever uh, motivation yeah. they have for doing that, what they're doing i mean that is you know like we're talking about that that is the consequences of uh, of war when when Correct. war is fought unjustly right but in a different way um, when we're talking about why some people choose not to uh, have children is because they they fear of uh, they fear poverty Correct. they fear that how if if we have a child how are we going to provide for this child right but allah the almighty says in the holy quran that out of poverty right mm-hmm. don't kill your children don't slay your children and this is a very fundamental uh, fundamental teaching because like we said in the beginning allah the almighty is ar-razaq he is Correct. the provider he is the one who is going to provide for you now it is your duty to obviously do your bit indeed right you can't just say oh if god is the provider i'm just going to open my mouth and he's going to feed me no it's not like that right it doesn't work like that obviously you have to do your bit as well and like we said if a country is you know is run by just rulers by by by, by people who actually care about their their, their citizens mm-hmm. then we can see that the 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 provisions which they which they have that can be divided into the people and obviously those people who who need more maybe they have three or four children obviously they'll be given according to that mm-hmm. if someone has one child they'll be giving they'll be given according to that so if everything is divided equally and equity is there as well because sometimes you know you can't just say you can't just say give 10 pounds to to every single family and one person might have 10 people 10 members in their family one person might only have five one person might just be a it might just be a couple couple in one in one family mm-hmm. so obviously when it comes to equality there needs to be equity in that one as well and this is why this is what we're talking about and this is how we can actually understand that if there is justice in the system only then we can actually you know address this crisis which we which we're facing right now hence his holiness hazmizam surah melabis helper mentioned this that uh, in some countries it is a matter of greed not mm. the lack of resources that exactly that's exactly what so it is so these are the words that's of his holiness exactly what it is you know and that is what that is what i said in the beginning as well correct allah the almighty he has given us the resources it's because of these people they are not or so, you know i'm not going to say obviously everyone is doing that but some nations because of their vested interests they 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 don't they don't care about their population they don't care about their people they don't care about the citizens but obviously they care about their own children Indeed. so it is this that is that hypocrisy as well isn't it so we're re- reaching the end of our <laughs> so so we should you know re- reflect on our actions in controlling mm. the population Absolutely. this includes the governmental policies the distribution um, disruption of allah's promise to provide for those who seek and the cruelty enacted on the weak and the poor i mean but that's yeah i mean that, i mean obviously there is more that we can talk correct. about as well but obviously that's only that's uh, the time that we have uh, right now for for this part of the show we're coming towards uh, the hour and the news is uh, looming as well so join us after we'll conclude this uh, topic and then join us after the news where we will go into our next topic which is going to be about halloween, halloween. spooky or shit spooky or is it uh, shirk and uh, we'll talk obviously we'll talk a little bit more about that as well 
but now here's the news and join us straight after that You're listening to the Voice of Islam Radio. Broadcasting on DAB and via the internet 24 hours a day. Bismillahir Rahmanir Rahim. Assalamu alaikum wa rahmatullahi wa barakatuhu. Peace and blessings of Allah be upon you all. Welcome back to the Drive Time Show here on the Voice of Islam Radio. Um, in this part of the show, um, we're talking about Halloween. And we're talking about different things when it comes to Halloween. Why people celebrate Halloween. Obviously, it's that time of year again. It's the 31st of October. And a lot of kids will be out there in schools, um, maybe after school as well, you know, celebrating different uh, when it comes to when it comes to when it comes to Halloween, when it comes to uh, celebrating Halloween. And the reason why we're talking about this is obviously because we want to give the listeners what Islam says in regards to Halloween, different functions like this, where, you know, when they're so flared up in the West, and when there's so much talked about in the West, and a lot of youngsters, especially the young, the young Muslims, the, the, the young boys and girls, they don't even know what the true teachings of Islam are. And then they come home, they come, they talk about Halloween, and they want to celebrate Halloween, they want to talk about all of these different things, and this is why we're doing a show, to educate the youngsters, especially I mean, the oldest as well, but uh, especially the youngsters who are living here in the West and uh, they're getting bombarded from left, right and centre about Halloween, about, oh, maybe it's, you know, it's okay to, you know, dress up as a, as a ghost, as a ghoul, as a, as a zombie uh, or a witch, going out there, tricking and treating, and uh, it might seem as if it's fun and games. But what is the reality about this? And that is what we're going to be talking about. So that's why, hence, we were asking that question today on our... Instagram page, knowing the pagan elements of Halloween. So the question is, what is um, what is your attitude towards it? So is it fine to celebrate? I let my children celebrate. I avoid Halloween. Go go to our Instagram page at Voice of Islam UK and give us your answer. And so and by the end of the hour, we'll let you know what the answer was. Also, you know, Shajil, Halloween, 31st of October, 2023, today, and it has become a business also mm, yeah, for, 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 very, uh, for a lucrative business for, for the world. And for example, in 2017, over um, billions of dollars were spent, about $9.1 billion in America just alone was spent yeah. on the shopping um, for Halloween. And imagine using that 9.1. Just imagine that. Just imagine that. That nine point one million a billion dollars could be spent somewhere else, for example. Exactly. It could be spent in for so for, for for the homeless, for for the needy, or providing food, or for some other reasons. It could have been spent also. There's always a think a uh, food for thinking. Um, what what could be done with the nine point one billion dollars mm. if not spent mm. on just the decoration? That's that, that's exactly what it is as well. We got. I'm gonna give you some more figures as well. Um, it's uh, some people may think that you know it's just uh, it's just it's just fun and games, right? Correct. But it is actually a big a big business. Now, two hundred and eighty three million pounds uh, was sale. You know, were, were 
actually um, invest or sort of uh, the profit that's what they gained from uh, just uh, just the UK in 2020 in, in 2015 mm-hmm. right and that was just off Halloween based products so it could be whatever it could be pumpkins it could be different uh, different sweets or drinks or candy or whatever just based on Halloween right 6.9 billion just like you mentioned that as well isn't it yes 6.9 billion uh, dollars uh, you know total Halloween uh, consumer spending in the US in 2015 as well uh, just on candy you know so sweets right just on that in 2015 mm-hmm. 2.1 billion dollars was actually uh, was actually spent also um, t- when it comes to pumpkins 3 million number of pumpkins uh, was sold by Tesco. Just Tesco. We're not talking about... That's just one supermarket, right? And uh, just over a thousand kilograms uh, of weight of world's heavy... Uh, of uh, You know, uh, the heaviest pumpkins was actually um, sold as well. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's something that we can actually see that... What is all of this? What is the reason for all of this? And that's, that's the thing. How did even Halloween come into ex- existence? It was um, just just briefly. We can go in more into depth mm, with yeah. that also. How the history came into about the Halloween. It's, it was a um, traditional or pagan tradition to celebrate a a period of time where where, where they thought that the um, the dead would come back um, to harm the living, mm. and they hence they put some stuff outside to um, avoid um, being um, in dim- discomfort because of of the of the dead people. Mm. That's how it came into existence. This is a quick, yeah. a quick uh, brief of Halloween. Just to give a little bit, <coughs> just to give a little bit more information in regards to in regards to how it came into into existence as well. It actually originates from Celtic festival of death, right? So <laughs> just from the very outset, we can understand that it, it's got something to do with death, right? Mm-hmm. It's got something to do with the dead okay so obviously when it comes to uh graveyards morgues uh it's related to that it's related de- it's definitely related related to that because it's the marking it's it actually marks the beginning of uh, of their new year yes talking about the celtics right obviously correct now to to witches pagans uh sound is the is the festival of the dead and for many, it's uh, it's it's most uh, mostly important. Uh, it's, it's 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 an important holiday of the year as well. Yes. And the, the, the sound dates of the ancient Celts who lived two thousand years ago is actually or was actually celebrated on the thirty first of October that night, or until the first of first of November as well. And just like you mentioned, it they they, they celebrated that, um, or they put up spooky things as well. Just so that they will scare away the ghosts that they sort of believed in, but and obviously, you know, if it, you know, and then obviously over time, it came into the Christian religion, and it came into it came into their beliefs as well, their tenets, and obviously we see that in Christian countries, uh, especially we see in America, we see that in in the UK, in other countries, Euro- European countries as well, this is celebrated. The youngsters they they are told to dress up, uh, they go around. 
Uh, I mean, this is what the modern day is as well. What the modern day uh, Halloween is, how Halloween is actually celebrated in the modern day. Mm-hmm. Children actually go around uh, dressed up in spooky costumes. They go around people's houses, knocking on people's doors, and they say trick or treat. And essentially what that actually means is, is that when they knock onto the door and they say trick or treat, if you, if the person who opens the door, they, they give them a treat, they give them chocolate or sweets or whatever, right? Then that's fine, supposedly. But if they don't, if they don't give them sweets, mm-hmm. apparently, right, obviously inverted commas, um, they're going to get, their house is going to get uh, targeted by these ghosts. <laughs> Correct. Yeah. I mean, it, as funny as it sounds, that is literally what, essentially what they believe in. That is why they go around trick-or-treating. And that's why when people don't, uh, when people don't actually give them uh, any sort of, any sweets, trees mm-hmm. or whatever then that is when that's when when the trick comes in <laughs> <laughs> when the trick comes in indeed essentially you know the holy this um uh, holiday started um, in 1921 um, it was started in minnesota uh, minnesota in usa usa and slowly and that was on a on a city level mm-hmm. when halloween started and this a thousand year old tradition then came slowly to different obviously areas. Obviously, modernized and, and modernized, and yeah. it got more uh, popularized in different areas of America, and then went on the common UK, throughout Europe, and then we see now it's going towards the eastern countries also, or into the Muslim countries also, mm. because it's, it's just a harmless fun. Now, now I mean, supposedly it's, it's a trend now, isn't it? Correct. Uh, just like it, it's just like April Fool's Day, if you if you think about it. Or what, what, what can you do on April Fool's Day? You can supposedly lie. You can do the biggest lie of, you know, you can do a corporate lie as well. Some people go even on social media and say, say claim big, big things. And then they say, oh, no, today was April Fool's. Ah, we tricked you. And then everything is fine because it was April Fool's and supposedly they had the license to lie on that day. It's the same when it comes to this. Yes. It's, it's, essentially, it's the same. They allowed to go out in these costumes, they're allowed. I mean, obviously, they. When it comes to the the law, right? You can't vandalize. You can't go around, you know, you know, throwing eggs, throwing eggs at people's houses or at people. Mm-hmm. You can't go around vandalizing different, uh, you know, buildings. You can't do that. Indeed. So why are all of these things? I won't say allowed, but sort of, you know, sort of promoted in a way. When it comes to Halloween, it's all uh, in the name of you know. It's all in the name uh, of um, self um, harmless fun, but it is harmful, and people uh, harmless youngst- fun, yeah, self harmless. Ha- <laughs> and what that is when youngest youngsters go out, especially the yeah. children is one aspect. They go out trick and treat. Okay, can we get something? You give them. But when youngsters go out, also, but they also have something in mind. Mm. If you don't get it. Their house is gone. Like you will have tissue rolls over the uh, over the garden. That's the problem. Or you will have a, a, a car wrapping tissues or covered in eggs, or other stuff, graffiti or um, confetti. These things. But for the owner of that property, be it the car, be it the house, be it the garden, they have to go the next day, spend some more money, whichever you spend to look after it, and then get that cleared out. Mm. And that brings a financial strain on them that's exactly also. Yeah, exactly exactly and we'll talk about we'll talk about the 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 negative the safety concerns we'll talk about other 
um, health concerns as well and all the other negative aspects when it comes to Halloween uh, in just a bit as well. But one quote which I would just like to you know narrate His Holiness, the worldwide head of the Ahmadiyya Muslim community, the fifth caliph of the promised Messiah, Hazrat Mirza Musroor Ahmad, may Allah be his helper. Now he mentioned that no Ahmadi is permitted to participate in the ritual of Halloween, neither by dressing up as a ghost, nor as a witch or a fairy, because this ritual is based on false and polytheistic beliefs. Mm-hmm. It's very clear-cut. It's very clear-cut. And, you know, the, you know, the title of the show is literally that, isn't it? Harmless fun or shirk, isn't it? Shirk, what does that mean? You mentioned that before as well. Shirk be, being associating partners with God. Indeed. Saying that, that there are other gods uh, besides Allah the Almighty. Now, who is to say that, you know, who is to say that if you don't give sweets to some, some, some children, uh, you're going to be, your house is going to be haunted, you're going to be haunted, and you're going to get, um, you know, you're going to be subject to, to, to violence. Obviously, when it comes to when it comes to from an Islamist perspective, we believe that Allah the Almighty, He is the protector, right? The promised Messiah upon whom be peace, the founder of the Ahmadiyya Muslim community. He has said that even if the whole world, right, even if the whole world wants to harm you, but you're with God, Allah the Almighty is going to protect you. Correct. But He said the opposite as well. He has said that even if the whole world comes together and tries to protect you. But Allah the Almighty is not on your side, then you're going to get harm. So, who, <laughs> who is to say that when it comes to you know trick or treating, when it comes to dressing up as, uh, as you know, as, uh, as you know, in the different costumes, spooky costumes, that is going to save you from uh, from these ghosts? Obviously, that's not that's not the case. And this is why we need to educate the children, because. If they say, if they say, oh, you know, it's just harmless fun, the reality behind it is something that they are unaware of. And that is why we're doing this show as well. Like I mentioned in the beginning of the show, that we need to educate the youngsters and we need to tell them that this or the grounds of this particular celebration or this holiday is based on falsehood, is based on polytheistic beliefs, is based on shirk, is literally based on the worst thing that you can ever do claimed by God Almighty because as mentioned in the Holy Quran Allah the Almighty says that he will forgive all your other sins but if you've committed shirk if you are a, if you are a mushrik being someone who associate partners with God mm-hmm. he's not going to forgive that obviously obviously that doesn't mean that those people who believe in other gods those people who are mushrik or those people who are uh, idol worshippers right and then they repent and become Muslims it doesn't mean that you know they're not going to get forgiven that's a different case obviously but it means that if you are actively, you know, saying that these other deities are out there and they are going to protect me, and if I don't do this, then I'm going to get haunted by these, you know, by these ghosts and zombies and whatever, by these werewolves or whatever, then that is simply not the case because that is essentially committing shirk. And this is why we need to tell the guy, tell the people, tell the boys and girls that look. What this is, it's not just it's not a harmless fun. It's very it's a very serious thing. Uh, what this actually is, you know, Sajili, as you mentioned before, um, also is that the shirk or associating. One thing which Halloween also promotes is that you are the ones who are saving people. 
from the guys yeah and you you're the one who will be um saving uh, the living ones right now from the guys who will be hunting them yeah. and that's a form as mentioned before is a shirk um uh, uh, associating someone with allah the almighty but one thing the children don't understand or the youngsters don't understand is yeah. that you know, all in in the name of harmless or um selfless fun they go out and they cause harm they cause mm. havoc and halloween is a time where youngsters believe is that you can just go out and you can do anything and you can go get away with it hmm. yeah and i have yeah. seen it that's why his holiness has a mizmasur and may allah be help him mention this um, once a child asked him this um if someone knocks on my door and can i give him sweets um his holiness uh, graciously answered that question to that child i said yes you can mm. <laughs> you don't want to have your house messed up right this <laughs> exactly. these are my words exactly. but the outcome was paraphrasing, that, yeah. paraphrasing it here that to to save your house you should give them something mm. and then uh, one thing which is mentioned which can also come in my mind is you know his holy the holy prophet peace and blessings of allah be upon him has said this you know the upper hand is better than the lower hand yeah. so we shouldn't be te- the, uh, our children to go out and ask or beg um is 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 a form of begging and going to different houses yes can I have some sweets please yeah and get getting those sweets you know essentially that's what it is isn't it indeed that is what it is it is it it is a, a type of begging going to different houses and asking for sweets mm-hmm. and if you don't get that stuff from that house you will destroy their property trick or yeah. treat trick or treat that's so if exactly. if i don't have the treat and i will trick you and i have seen it um, living here in this society that sometimes it it gets out of hand and they destroy hmm. properties and in in such a way that un- and the owner is unable to fix those yeah due to he, he already had some fi- or she had some financial crisis beforehand and now on top of this they are unable to fix what 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 harm which was unnecessary hmm. which has been caused on on this very day yeah and they can't get it fixed like as yeah exactly exactly and we're talking about the negative effects yes. of uh, of halloween as well and i want to talk about uh that in 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 just a bit as well but just before that um there was a lady right who asked his holiness the the fourth caliph of the ahmadiyya muslim community hazrat mirza tahir ahmad may allah have mercy on him on how how we should protect uh the the, the children the youngsters from the bad effects of society right so it was it was quite interesting question let's listen to um the question and then obviously the answer which is holiness gave how can we protect our children and the youngest from the bad effect of the society <laughs> just behave naturally within the confines of islamic teachings and that's the best way of doing it I've spoken of this subject different at uh, different times with the emphasis on different areas of this question according to the uh, context in which the question has been asked sometimes the british people ask this question sometimes the muslims sometimes the orientals and sometimes the westerners so they have their own different interests in the same question so i try to answer them all but the answer which i gave despite the different emphases is basically the same which is to maintain ideal atmosphere 
of the family in the house and to to create attraction in your family style so that the gravity the center of gravity is always within the house not outside the family members whoever they are whether the children boys girls or grown ups they return to the heaven of their house with a natural longing for it as long as they are outside is somehow tiresome when they are back to home that is peace if this atmosphere is created and maintained then no social problems can ever evolve from such a wonderful living of in a in an intact family structure moreover an atmosphere of mutual love and not only love but mutual respect must be maintained allah sallallahu alaihi wasallam treated even small children with respect and also showed the same respect to his own slaves so if you are respectful loving and respectful generous and respectful to the younger generation but also also firm in discipline then this makes the ideal home and such generation as brought as are brought up in this atmosphere have a perfect balance between discipline and love and respect such ideal homes never see any disasters of uh, the young generation having gone astray so that was his holiness the the fourth caliph of the ahmadiyya muslim community hazrat mirza tahir ahmad may allah have mercy on him he was telling us you know what we can do practical things that we can do to to prevent the children getting influenced by by the western cultures in in, in a negative way obviously yes. we're not saying that the western culture is bad mm-hmm. but what we are saying is that there are some things in the western culture which is engraved in the western culture that that are not so that are not so uh, you know it doesn't allow us to to follow those trends you know um once a a a writer has written this um, um, a, is written in you you and your children are you and you and your child's problem mm. is written a tragic byproduct of fear in the lives of children as early as pre-adolescence is the interest and involvement in supernatural occult phenomena so when children get um, introduced to um, these kinds of phenomena in a very young age this is a this is a byproduct of fear and hence we should you know try to and uh, get them away from these kinds of things for example when halloween comes you you, you try to spook people mm. and we see it in um, many different uh, movies also that you know you have scary movies which are based upon halloween mm. and we see children uh, are scared about halloween on yeah. top of it it's a normal day it's 31st october yeah. it's nothing special right there is no one coming out mm. and because of all those different aspects working yeah. is this is being imprinted in the brains that yeah. 31st is a day where ghosts come out which is an absolutely not true yeah, ghosts do not come come out yeah, right 
is if you want, if you pass away, that means you, you are not on this earth anymore. Yeah. You, you, you will go up. Um, you you uh, you're you're not part of this world. You. Hmm. And hence, we should try and understand and educate everyone that thirty first. Oh, um, um, oh, I was about to say August, <laughs> October, right? Now. October, 31st October, October is a normal day where no ghost comes out, and this needs to be taught throughout the world also that yeah. it has nothing to do with ghosts. Yeah. It's a normal day; no one's going to come and spook you. No one's going to come and spook but you. There, but other, but on the other hand, all that multi-billion dollar uh, pound industry will collapse. Hence, the, it's being promoted worldwide, so mm. this industry thrives. Mm. And but we can use, for example, in 2017, as I mentioned before, or even 2015, where six point something billion was um, um, dollar was spent, or nine point one bol- uh, do- uh, one po- nine point one billion dollars spent in 2017, and uh, just on Halloween, mm. that money could have been could have been used for different stuffs yeah. instead of using that in buying costume, candy, decoration, but that could have been used for poverty, helping the needy. And that's that's the food for thought. Yeah. What could we have done with a nine point one billion dollar which was spent in America, just in America, exactly. in twenty seventeen? And 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 it's a quite um, old um, survey. The, and the industry has been thriving, and I recently was in some um, eastern countries also, uh, and there were shops uh, that were promoting Halloween. Hmm. So obviously, I won't, I won't name the country here at this moment, but there were uh, countries who. Were promoting Halloween at that time, Alan, yeah. and I was surprised because in, the thing is they don't know what the reality is. The reality is all they about. don't know what 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 it actually stands for. Correct, because you know, it's it is a in, you know in Christianity or in Christian tradition, Halloween is actually the abbreviated term for All Hallows of Eve, right? And that is the day before All Saints' Day, a day when Christians they celebrate, they commemorate. All the known and unknown deceased saints of the of the church, essentially that's uh, you know that's that's what it is. But they don't even know what it is. That is why they 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 celebrate it. They think it's just harmless fun because it's commercialized, isn't it? It's commercialized, and people think that if or industries think that companies think that if they promote this, a lot of people will come to us, will buy our things, buy our products. And their their business would boom as well. Yes, that's when the Holy Quran is, is stated that those people who believe um, stay away <laughs> from vain stuff, right? It's me paraphrasing here right now. And also the the Prophet Messiah stated about this. The Prophet Messiah, peace be upon him, has stated that that believers try and stay away from these vain um, ideas uh, or work or be it any kind of relation, and they try to try to distance distance themselves from these kinds of um, main um, things which um, which are around them. These are the believers. So hence we should try yeah. to become those believers and believe in the one true mighty God. That's why when we say la ilaha illallah, that there's none worthy of worship except Allah the Almighty, that we should stand by it also. Yeah. Yeah. And we shouldn't send um, um, our children out and take part in these um, exercises which uh, which are based upon shirk. Shirk is um, exactly. associating so partners with Allah the Almighty. Allah the so Almighty. we should try and educate them and take a stance, take a stand um, also that yes, this is um, our teaching and we believe in that, Allah, that Allah is one and we, we won't be um, promoting Halloween. Hmm. 
However, when someone comes to your house, as I also mentioned before, instead of getting yourself in harm, you should just give them something so they can go to uh, to the next house. And one thing which happens is also, which is very unfortunate, that youngsters or the young generation, um, they go up to houses and they try and scare the house owners. I'll scare them, yeah. And try to um, wiggle their way to scare them, mm. and which which isn't nice. We shouldn't be doing that. And it's, it's very brotherly advice that you know you, we don't know uh, what medical condition that house owner or owner also has. Try and spook exactly. him, and God forbid something. God forbid something happens to him or her. What will you do at that very moment? What you were there for a harmless fun, but now it has to no, become a problem. Problem a on a real, real problem. serious, serious problem at that very moment. So, what would you do to say, uh, save that very, hmm. um, very owner who has, um, let's have, not God forbid, had a heart attack because spooking scared him that much. And that has happened before as well. Indeed, because because some people have got scared because they were aged, and that is you know what caused them what caused them to die. And you know when it comes to uh, when it comes to these things, that has a major impact on the NHS. Specifically talking about the UK, but other health services, yes, it has a big impact on the uh, you know on the on the hospitals, mm. and that's a safety concern because one of the biggest safety concerns on Halloween is the increased risk of accidents and injuries, and children are especially vulnerable. Correct, as. You know, uh, as they as they are often out, obviously in the dark, trick or treating, going on, you know, going around uh, the streets, and according to the National S- uh, Safety Council, there is a forty three percent increase in the number of child pedestrian deaths on Halloween night. That's why, uh, because obviously, you know, people people need an excuse to 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 drink. Mm-hmm. People who drink, they need an excuse to drink, right? When it comes to Halloween, they drink. They go out to party. They they go out to drinks. But what's the consequences of that? If you drink and then you drive, you go out. You're 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 put not just you're not just putting yourself in danger. You're not just putting those people who are also in the car yes. in danger. But you're also putting the pedestrians in danger. That's forty three percent increase. Yes, that's why you know I mentioned the children are naturally, obviously, more prone to being scared easily. That's why a psychologist, uh, Dr. Lawrence Ross, says, as Halloween draws near, many parents wonder whether allowing their children to watch horror movies can be harmful for them. It is true that many children and adolescents are drawing are drawn to horror movies. It is equally true that many of these same children experience negative effects of trouble falling. Asleep, nightmares, fear of the dark, anxiety, increased feeling of vulnerability and increased concern about possible and sometimes unlikely dangers that can befall them. These negatives, um, these negative effects sometimes last days or weeks, but sometimes they can last much longer. So you know, clearly young children are prone. When you mentioned about the 43% yeah. um, pedestrian death, imagine a child mm. walking and you, you spook him and he jumps to the road. Right, he, yeah. he because he naturally will jump up and he will go either left or right or somewhere. And if he goes towards the road and there's a car coming, and the rest, uh, obviously, we can all work out what's what's, what's going to happen. Something's going to happen, right? Yeah, yeah. So please, when you're out on that day, for if you're out, make sure you look out for the safety of others. Yes. And don't put anyone in harm, be it uh, on the uh, on the road, be it on on the on the sidewalk. 
be it the house owners um, who are living in the house peacefully and just because of some harmless fun the youngsters or the children think we should and try and avoid making a um, big uh, or a massive danger for for the people around you where you live or your neighborhood because mm-hmm. the next day you're living again in that very same neighborhood so you should think about the consequences Absolutely. you will face there's other there's other safety concerns uh, as well and they include a lot of different things one thing which is a major risk and uh, safety concern safety uh, i mean is a is a health hazard is that fire uh, home fires correct now halloween decorations can pose a fire hazard especially if they're made of flammable materials um candles are also a common source of home fires on halloween night because obviously they they put uh, light up a lot of different candles around the house so and big candles as well obviously even inside the pumpkin they put a um, candle to light up that candles pumpkin. lanterns whatever but there's there's fire there's fire involved now that's one of the ma- major things food allergies as well now yes. many popular halloween uh, sweets they can they contain uh, allergens such as nuts peanuts and milk a lot of people some people some children might be allergic to those things they might be lactose intolerant and they might be allergic to nuts now parents need to be extra careful to check the ingredients of the of the of the sweets before actually giving it to their children um you know sometimes the thing is it is so funny because it's an it's a, it's a saying to don't take candy from a stranger indeed yeah but when it comes to halloween you just forget about that no stranger danger anymore no stranger danger anymore why is it that when it comes to halloween then you know th- then everything is safe then then you can take candy from a stranger but the risk is even more increased someone might spike the, the you know drinks or someone might might do put something in the in the sweets or whatever right but so there's more danger on halloween night but it's more common and it's more open and apparently you know it's more safe on halloween but it's not so it, these are different things as well and obviously let's say you mentioned stranger danger now children should be supervised at all times indeed uh, on halloween night doesn't matter if they're out to trick or treat or not doesn't matter you might be going to the shop you might be going to the supermarket you might be going here and there you'll be crossing the road but you need to be extra careful when it comes to this particular night um parents should talk to you know should talk to their children about the dangers as well if they need to go somewhere um uh they need to make sure they need to tell them that you know it is dark and it can get quite spooky it can be other you know naughty people outside some silly people outside obviously avoid those people even not just on the 31st of october we should tell them but on on a daily basis we should remind them about about the dangers a child can face you we should tell them when you're out you should be looking uh, or you should know your awareness as surroundings what's happening around you so you're not just focusing on one point but you should know what's happening around you also that is there a car coming is there someone following me so you would know how, what to do at that very moment and if something happens should know where you are going now if 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 they if they're feeling in 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 a situation where they feel they they're in danger mm. so they should 
that that's the responsibility of the parents to teach them on a daily basis. The exactly. school will teach them uh, in the due course, but the parents should also take the responsibility to let them know, okay, this is happening on, on a daily basis. When you're out, make sure you're looking after X, Y, and Z. Not mm-hmm. just, okay, uh, on 31st of October, okay, now you have to look out for X, Y, and Z. But on a, on a daily basis, they should be doing that. So exactly. these are um, other um, aspects, and if we add um, other negative aspects of Halloween into it, yes. um, when we add, for example, safety or the culture concerns, uh, as mentioned above before, we have many n- numerous different negative aspects. For example, the environmental impact, and you yeah. know, Halloween yeah. um, decorations, costumes, and candy can all have negative impacts on the environment. The, the, the decoration are often made from cheap plastic and are just a one-time use and other so non-biodegradable non-bio- exactly. um, materials. And costumes can be f- made from synthetic fabrics, for example, that are not environmentally friendly. And the candy wrappers, <laughs> they're all made uh, and end up in landfills. Of course. And all that candy yeah. wrapper, which has been made just for Halloween, uh, is is a, c- a concern for um, the what's it called environment? Yeah. That's Likewise, the costs of um, Halloween can be quite expensive at that time. The ho- holidays, uh, they just spike up. The prices um, are just uh, through the roof, and especially for children, um, families with children, um, the the costs of costumes, candy, and decorations can quickly add up. Hmm. Where if you're going for one child, obviously, if he wants to dress up in a certain way. He, they will buy him that. If if someone or the daughter she wants to dress up in a certain way, they have to go and buy that also. That's quickly adding up, and then they have to buy the candy to try and decorate the house on top of it. So mm. we should be mindful and not not be spending the money in in such a way also. Absolutely. And stress. Should you you know the stress during Halloween? It's quite um, um, don't uh, don't for for um, for the for parents and for children also because there's a competition going on in, in the neighborhood especially who has the best house looking during those periods. So you know parents may feel pressure that they have not provided the best costume for the children, and then the decoration wasn't that great also. Yeah, some people have this complex as well, isn't it? So they, and or children may, may feel pressured, you mm. know, to be yeah. creative or try to be unique this time around. Mm. Last year they were, let's say, Spider-Man, right? And now they have to be even more better than the last year's costume. Yeah. And that's adding up into the cost, that's adding into up the environmental impact. And that causes stress. Correct. It causes stress for them. It causes stress for their parents. And uh, obviously, everyone who's involved in that as well, that had, it, it can be very stressful, isn't it, for, for parents? Because this is a holiday or this is a celebration which people do um, to, 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 to celebrate, you know, to celebrate this whole, this whole event of tricking and treating and the whole event of Halloween. And it's not just children that feel stress. The parents that have to go out there and buy the children sweets, uh, decorations, costumes—all of these things come into come into play as well, and this is why these are all negative aspects Correct. of of Halloween. And we could we could, we can't say this any clearer that this is one of the things which uh, which which you know which is something that in Islam we we are not permitted to do because it promotes shirk, it promotes. Believing in other th- other things 
that are going to protect you other than God. But obviously, we all know that that is not the case. Indeed. Now, there was a, you know, there was a a, a sitting of uh, the women's auxiliary organizations of the Ahmadiyya Muslim community with His Holiness, the fifth caliph of the Ahmadiyya Muslim community, Hazrat Mirza Masur Ahmad, may Allah be his helper. And uh, they asked, you know, His Holiness a series of different questions as well. And His Holiness gave uh, insight in, in regards to how can we, you know, maintain Islamic societies, how we can actually maintain uh, our children, instill within them the true teachings of Islam. And this is very important in this day and age. So let's listen to uh, what His Holiness had to say in this regard. We are living in a time of ever-rising materialism and worldliness where despite being intelligent and despite having eyes to see with, most people are living a life of spiritual and moral blindness in which they consider anything that shimmers or glistens to be, uh, to be made of gold. They fail to realize, they fail to realize how superficial they have become and remain ignorant of the far-reaching consequences and harm caused by rampant <coughs> materialism. I'm sure there will come a time when they will recognize that constant exposure to material things on TV, on the internet, and on social media, and the pursuit of vain desires has been to their profound detriment. They will see how all that they have considered as good and progressive has actually triggered a spiritual and moral malaise, the like of which perhaps the world has never seen before. They will be forced to admit that the riches of the world have left them spiritually penniless and morally bankrupt. Although we are seeing evidence of this as increasingly People are suffering from anxiety, depression, and other mental health issues on a far greater scale than ever before. It is my firm belief that the root cause of this is that they have been trapped by their materialistic pursuits and cravings, and above all, because they have abandoned faith in God Almighty. We are living in a world where no matter how rich someone is, they always want more. Instead of being grateful for what they have, they are preoccupied by what they do not. Where men have been corrupted by extreme desire for wealth, women are also certainly involved in this unholy race. These vain pursuits serve only 
to increase frustration and anxiety and are leading mankind towards darkness rather than to enlightenment. If people living in the underdeveloped world are being adversely affected by what they see on TV or the internet, we can only imagine how much harm is being inflicted on people living here at the very epiculture, epicenter of materialism, greed, and consumer culture. In the past, I have advised Ahmadi parents that they should be mindful of what they and their children view on television and should make sure they limit the amount of time they spend watching it. However, the world has now moved far beyond just the risk of seeing inappropriate content, content on television. Rather, children are being exposed to masses of content on the internet, on YouTube, and the various social media platforms. Children are viewing content on their phones, laptops, and tablets, often hidden from their parents' view, uh, parents' view, and they themselves are not in control of what they are seeing. For example, if they are streaming a video or playing an online game, pop-up adverts, uh, ad, ad, adverts will frequently appear, often promoting harmful products or showing huge content that is morally destructive and not at all age-appropriate. It is an extremely harrowing state of affairs. There have been reports of children viewing inappropriate content which they can instantly divert to a child-friendly program when an adult enters so that the adults are left none the wiser. It is for these very reasons that I have repeatedly warned about the dangers of the internet and social media. I have been saying for years that anyone using Facebook, Twitter, or other similar platforms must exercise a great, great deal of caution. And since then, many studies and investigations have proven the grievous harm being inflicted upon children society by social media, uh, children and society by social media. They have shown that hundreds of thousands, if not millions, of children globally have suffered serious harm through their use of the internet and social media. 
It is common knowledge that these platforms are constructed in a way that makes them addictive and just like any addiction, the results, uh, results are often horrific. For example, very recently, a report by the Wall Street Journal found that Instagram, which is owned by Facebook, tried to cover up its own internal study because it proved that access to its platform was causing huge levels of anxiety and other dangerous mental health, mental health issues amongst children and teenagers. It found that amongst those children in the UK who had suicidal thoughts, 13% admitted that it was their use of Instagram that had driven them to consider taking their own life. Now, other people and prominent organizations have finally started to wake up to the dangers of social media. For example, in response to the report I just mentioned, the Five Rights Foundation, which campaigned for reform of social media, stated, Facebook's own research is a devastating, a devastating indictment of the carelessness with which it, with which it and the technical sector more broadly treats children in pursuit of profit. These companies are stealing children's time, self-esteem, and mental health, and sometimes, tragically, their lives. Thus, Ahmadi parents should closely monitor what their children are viewing and guide them about what is and is not appropriate. So that their children are not, God forbid, included in the horrifying statistics of lives that are being lost or ruined due to social media. That was His Holiness, the fifth caliph of the Ahmadiyya Muslim community, the current head of the Ahmadiyya Muslim community, Hazrat Mirza Masroor Ahmad, may Allah be his helper. And, you know, telling us, telling us that with the increase of social media, various different things which happen on social media, uh, how they have an effect on us and how they have an effect on our youngsters especially as well. Indeed, you know... Um we, I'm looking at a time here also, mashallah, we are reaching the six o'clock also nearby. Yeah. But I want to mention a, a saying of the Holy Prophet, peace and blessings of Allah be upon him. You know, Jeez. each of you is a shepherd and each of you is responsible for those under your care. A man is a shepherd and he is responsible for un, uh, for those under his care. A woman is a shepherd in a husband's household and she is responsible for those under her care. So... The, um, those who are under your care, you're responsible to look out for them and you're um, in responsible for teaching them also. Hmm. So we should take that responsibility uh, um, as parents and teach our children what the right and the wrong is, right? Hmm. And what La ilaha illallah stands for, that there is none worthy of worship except Allah. And that needs to be taught to the children. Hence, when we ask this question today uh, on Voice of Islam, um, the Instagram page, knowing the pagan elements of Halloween, what is your attitude attitude towards it now? Is it fine to celebrate? Mm. I let my kids celebrate it. Oh, I avoid Halloween. 100% of the public answered, I avoid Halloween. Mm. 
bid you to um, those elements um, attached with Halloween and the the shirk or shirk which means associating partners with Allah the Almighty and hence they avoid now mm. Halloween and this is quite interesting you know to uh, to to see when when this survey came in front of us that all of them avoid Halloween because of this element attached to it yeah yeah so this is this is what we have been uh, have been talking about throughout the throughout the course of the show and hopefully now you have a better understanding now the listeners have a better understanding about uh, about the reason why we don't celebrate halloween and different things which are related to this one as well um the promised messiah upon whom be peace the founder of the ahmadiyya muslim community has stated that Allah has said in the Holy Quran that every sin is forgivable except shirk. Therefore, do not go near shirk and consider it to be for a forbidden tree. And uh, like we mentioned, shirk is to associate partners with God Almighty. Indeed. Now, warning against uh, um, shirk, the Hazrat uh, Mirza Masroor Ahmad, may Allah be his helper, the fifth caliph of the Prophet Messiah, upon whom be peace, also says that among the ills that take over uh, 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 perceptibly is shirk. Even a hint of shirk is unacceptable to God. A Muslim who claims to be firm on the unity of God needs to understand the subtlety of the concept of the unity of God and the subtlety of shirk and be extremely careful in this fast-developing world. Anything, anything associated specifically with Halloween should equally be tantamount to shirk. Therefore, it's, it would be preferable to avoid you know, association with any Halloween activities or festivity as well because you don't want to take part in that. You don't want to be uh, answerable to God that you, know, you took part in this and then something, you know, God forbid, something bad might happen. Now, this is, uh, I'm afraid, all we have time for in today's show. Uh, it was a jam-packed show, isn't it? And uh, a lot of a uh, lot of different things that we that we that we actually spoke about. Uh, yeah. That's why thank you so much, Jajil, First of all, it's, it's always a great pleasure um, presenting with you, and also our brother Akib, our technical department is immense hard work which is happening behind the scenes Absolutely. of uh, producers Kafia Bhatti and. Obviously, my, my dear brother Shajil <laughs> for producing the two shows, yeah. and it's I always um, commendable for the guests who have joined us. Thank you so much for joining us uh, yeah. for the show and enlightening our listeners with the education yeah. and to be able to teach us also while sitting and different ways. Hmm. And it's quite interesting. That's why Voice of Islam is a journey. It's not a show. It's, it, and I would like to say, Assalamu alaikum, warahmatullahi wabarakatuh.